everyone. Welcome to this week's recap. So our assigned reading for this week was from Psalm 50 to Psalm 79. So let's just jump right in. So in Psalm 50, we see God addressing his covenant people. Uh, and in many ways, he's correcting potential incorrect assumptions about their relationship to him. So when it comes to sacrifices, they should not see God like the gods of the surrounding nations who were seen to have physically benefited from animal sacrifice and grain sacrifice and drink sacrifice. Rather, um, God has at his disposal the entire creation. He doesn't need people's sacrifices, but their sacrifices showed their thankfulness to God for his provision in being willing to prioritize God with their sustenance. All right, Psalm 51 is pretty famous because of its cause, right? King David had been caught in his scandalous sin of adultery and murder, and Psalm 51 is his prayer to God in response. Now, Psalm 52 talks about David confronting an evil man named Doeg the Edomite. Doeg had sold David's location out to Saul when Saul was trying to kill David. Psalm 53 is nearly identical to Psalm 14, and it deals with the fate of the foolish man. Now, it's probably redone here in this location because uh, it immediately follows the psalm dealing with Doeg the Edomite. So not only is his foolishness exposed in Psalm 52, but then it's almost doubly shamed in Psalm 53. Psalm 54 takes us to another instance when David's location is sold out to Saul, but this time it's a whole group of people, the Ziphites, who have betrayed David. So David spends time here crying out to God for his help. Psalm 55 then sees David really struggling with a personal betrayal. So someone who has been his friend and ally has betrayed him and is trying to destroy him. So there's this great call of action uh, for righteous people who experience betrayal. David says, cast your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous be shaken. Psalm 56 tells us that this song was written when the Philistines had seized David in the city of Gath. So remember, this is from 1 Samuel 21, um, when David pretended to be out of his mind so that the Philistines would see him as harmless and, and let him go back. So this psalm is about trusting God in the face of great fear, which makes a lot of sense. Psalm 57 was written when David was hiding out in caves from Saul. And so the, the themes of this psalm are all about places of refuge. Well, not, not places really, mainly God is a refuge like caves would have been. Now it's a really emotional Psalm when you take some time to sympathize with David. He's in a lot of distress. He's on the run. He's having to find food and water. He's not knowing who to trust, who's going to betray him. Um, and Saul is coming after him with an entire army. Verse eight says this, Awake, my soul. Awake, harp and lyre. I will awaken the dawn. Now, can't you just see David struggling with all of this anxiety, being unable to sleep, and so he gets up and he wakes up the dawn with music to God? Psalm 58 contains a cry to God for justice. So the problem is human judges who are unjust and yet they're very successful. So David likens them to snakes that can't be charmed because they've plugged their ears. 
Psalm 59 has the theme of God as a fortress. And this is because David's being physically attacked again. But this time, rather than hiding in his refuge, David needs a fortress, a stronghold with walls and defensive technology to help him because his enemies know where he is now and they're coming for him. God was David's fortress. Psalm 60 places itself in the history of 2 Samuel 8 when Israel was fighting the Philistines, Edomites, and Moabites. So this is in the wars of King David. Now, David believes the people have been rejected by God because their enemies are attacking them and it's not going well. They're not having victory. So David declares that God ultimately will be victorious, but he cries out to God for his presence in their battles, emphasizing that human help is worthless to them. They need God. Now, Psalm 61 is essentially a plea of David for life. So David's in some sort of really dire trouble and he's far away from the sanctuary of God and he wants to live long enough to go back to the sanctuary and praise God there. Psalm 62 has the familiar theme of God as a refuge and rest for his people, even in the face, especially in the face of strong enemies. So some of the descriptive words used here of God are rock, salvation, fortress, mighty rock, and refuge. Okay, and Psalm 63 was written about David's experiences traveling and staying in the desert. So David likens his physical thirst to how his soul longs and searches for God. He likens night in the desert as being in the shadow of God's wing. So safe from the sight of enemies and shaded from the hot sun. Psalm 64 is about the plans of David's enemies and how God is going to turn all of their evil plans upon their own heads. Psalm 65 focuses on how God is God over all of the earth. He's not just the God of David or of Israel, but of all nations. And he's the hope of all the ends of the earth. Psalm 66 continues this theme of God being over all people, but it calls on all people to praise God. It says, shout for joy to God, all of the earth. Psalm 67 is really interesting. It adds the element of Israel's mission. So their mission is as the priests of God. That's their place in the world, going between the people of earth and God. The goal is that all the ends of the earth will come to God. Now, Psalm 68 is also really interesting. It looks at the progression of Israel from slaves in Egypt to the settlement in the city of Jerusalem and how the presence of God was with them. Now, I think it's possible that this psalm may have been written um, for the procession of the Ark of the Covenant as it made its way to Jerusalem, to the tent that Israel had made for it. Because the Ark, of course, symbolized the presence of God with the people. And we know that David would have written music for this event. He participated in the procession musically. And this piece of music speaks of the procession of the presence of God with the people from Egypt all the way to Jerusalem. So it's an intriguing possibility. All right. So Psalm 69 was then written in a time of great distress for David. And he seems to be encouraging himself that waiting and hoping in God equates to sure salvation. Now, Psalm 70 is another prayer for help. It's a really short one and sweet. Then Psalm 72 seems to be from an elderly king who looks back on the time when he was young and he expresses hope in God's power to save. So he's really ruminating over all the things that God has done for him. 
Psalm 72 is a psalm of King Solomon, so David's son, and he's praying for the king of Israel, which of course was himself at the time he was writing, but he must also have been looking forward in time to his descendants that would take the throne and eventually the promised Messiah. Psalm 73 uh, begins the third collection of psalms within the book of Psalms, and most of these ones in the third collection are prayers to God in times of crisis. So Psalm 73 is about an internal crisis. The author had contemplated the success of the wicked person, like many of us do, <laughs> and he almost became wicked himself because he envied these people. He was questioning whether or not he had wasted his life being righteous but the psalm sees him coming to his senses when he goes into the temple and he begins to think about eternity and what that means. So verses 20, 24 to 26 say this, You will guide me with your counsel and afterward you will take me into glory. Whom have I in heaven but you? Earth has nothing I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. So looking to eternity, there's something else. This world isn't all there is. All right. Psalm 74. It's placed after this renewal of faith that happened in the temple, probably because it's a song of mourning over the destruction of that same temple. So this psalm was obviously written after the Babylonian destruction of Judah, Jerusalem, and the temple. And it's a call for God to remember the people, to restore the city of Jerusalem and restore the temple. Psalm 75 then kind of answers this cry of a desecrated people. The psalm talks about how God will answer the unrighteous and bring them into judgment. So the nations will be judged for their evil and the righteous of those nations will be vindicated by God ultimately. Psalm 76 continues on this theme of God as judge and vindicator. So now he's pictured as a conqueror. He alone is to be feared. He is ultimately in control. Psalm 77 gives us a front row seat to someone wrestling with a crisis, really. We see them describing their agony and then they they switch into thinking about the past, about God's miracles and everything that he had done for them. So the person in agony says that they will choose to meditate on God's mighty works. So basically that they're going to find comfort in remembering who God is and what God can do rather than thinking about their awful state at the moment. Psalm 78 then goes into reviewing the history of Israel for us. It goes into those mighty works of God that the psalmist had earlier been contemplating. So the psalm itself tells us that it wants to pass on these memories of God's works to the next generation. Uh, its history goes until the establishment of the sanctuary in Jerusalem, which may give us a hint as to when it was written. Okay, and finally for today, Psalm 79, it jumps forward in time again to the time of the Babylonian exile after the destruction of Jerusalem and her temple. So the psalmist acknowledges there and the people's sin, and they plead with God to save them, to punish their enemies, the Babylonians who have destroyed them. All right, guys, pop any comments or questions down below. Let me know how you're enjoying the Psalms. Uh, and uh, until next week, happy reading and studying. 
Thank you so much for watching. We want to keep producing high quality biblical content, but we can't do it without your support. If you feel called to support us, please click the link in the description under donate. Your support really means a lot to us.